A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. T to G to I to A to A. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first Friday. Hello, everybody. This is Father Luke Rowicki. And this is Brother Andrew Tory. And this is season four of TGIF. F. All right, folks. So we have some breaking news because this is also very exciting that we have reached this milestone. Not many podcasts, grassroots like ours, reach this monumental occasion of launching not the first, season? not the second, not the third, but season number four. So brother four, Andrew, baby! What exciting announcements do we have for our faithful listeners who have been with us through thick and thin since 2000 and <laughs> what, 19? Yeah. 2019. That's right. Well, Father Luke, um, this just came in hot off the email. Um, <laughs> our new groundbreaking office has just been opened up in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yes. We've never had an office. We've never had an office before, but our Raleigh correspondent has recently moved there. And I don't know if you've talked to him recently. Can you give us the the down low, as the cool cats say. What's the down low on this this new development in TGIFF history? Well, the down low is that he is low-key ecstatic about this. <laughs> so actually, it's, you know, since we're both Americans, it's funny that we haven't really had, since beginning this podcast, a stateside uh, office, so to speak. Because Indeed. we were both in Rome, and then you were in Rome, and I was in Mexico. And so now we've finally reached... The, the land of the free and the home of the brave. And it actually is the spiritual life center here at Cardinal Gibbons High School Woo! has become the hub, our North Carolina office, our um, national department headquarters is and now here. it's also the international um, hub slash headquarters. Exactly, exactly. Because pretty much anyone that's anyone on this podcast will eventually come through here. Like, that's what I've been noticing. Like, they, they all pass through there. Almost half of our em- employees have been through <laughs> already. <Almost>. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, very, yeah, very excited that, you know, launching season four and we have this international presence now, you know, both sides of the pond, as some people very wittingly call it. The Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> so, um, beginning season four, Brother Andrew, before we reveal the theme and the title, tell us what you've been up to in these past days in Rome. Well, yeah, and I kind of want to go through these um, events in the podcast with you, but just briefly, I'll say that yesterday, or these past couple days, these past couple days, we've been celebrating the first legionary cardinal was created uh, by Pope Francis on uh, Saturday, August 27th. So it's been a big event. I was able to go to the Vatican for this ceremony. I was actually able to serve during the ceremony. I was invited along with Amazing. other legionary brothers, and we were right up in the front row, close. I, was, I, I had to hold this tray of red cardinal's hats, which are called berettas, oh. and, I, and, I, and I held them on this, this metal tray, and I was there, you know, 10... 10 feet from the Pope. Um, it was just, it was just really cool. And how long to see all... was the mass? So actually it wasn't a mass. It's a special rite um, that begins with, you know, the sign of the cross. There's a brief liturgy of the word. The Holy father gives a reflection 
And then the cardinals have to give an oath of fidelity to the Pope. And then one by one, they go and they kneel in front of the Pope and the Pope places a, um, what's called a, a skull cap, a red skull cap, and then a beretta, which is a three, it's, a, it's a, like a square hat that has like three um, things sticking points. out of it, which is points, which are kind of like sim- it's a symbol of the Trinity, of the Holy Trinity. Okay. Um, and, and why then, red? Why red? Well, because red is the color of blood. And these men are supposed to give their lives for the church, right? Um, that's And so it's the passion. And it's also the color of fire. And the Pope, during his reflection with the new cardinals, he talked about fire. And it was like having the fire of uh, the fire of your love for the church, right? And it was just, it was very beautiful reflection. It was wonderful to see um, this, this very unique event and to be so close was, was an immense blessing for me. And I think a lot of times we can see like all this uh, formalities of the Vatican and it can kind of seem distant. We can think, oh, that Cardinal, like he lives in a palace somewhere and like, he's just like, he, it's almost like a promote, like a job promotion from like, whatever, some plebe to like, cfo or something but it's not like that because basically it's like okay you're taking on this red habit this red uniform this red robe not not as a promotion in the sense of like this worldly climbing a ladder to like a greater paycheck it's hey are you willing like you said to give your life to the point of shedding blood if necessary for the church for the faith for the for the um yeah the truths that we defend as a catholic church and then that person saying yes receives the beretta and receives the red robe or the uniform. I think that's so powerful. When we see a cardinal, you're looking at someone who's willing and and ready to become a martyr for the church. It's like so my respects for those men that have said yes to that huge call. It's not just it is honor it's an honor, obviously, for their hard work that they've already done, but it's also a calling to a greater commitment and greater self giving to the church, which is awesome. At the end of the ceremony, I had the privilege of of greeting Cardinal Verges, who's who's a legionary. He's worked in the Vatican for a long time. He's from Spain. And I, 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 I told him, um, it's like, you know, your eminence, you know, or, or fa- I don't know if I said father, just because he's just, he's a legionary. He's like, you know, he's a normal. Our brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I said, like, well, obviously you haven't looked for this, this honor, because actually <laughs> this legionary cardinal, he didn't even want to be a bishop. He worked in the Vatican and he told the Pope when he was promoted in the Vatican and he asked the Pope not to make him a bishop. And the Pope was like, okay. But then afterwards the Pope said, well, you know, actually, yeah, you're going to be a bishop. And he wrote him, <laughs> he wrote like this letter, a public letter and said, you're going to do this. Huh. And I, I want you to be a bishop for these reasons. And so I knew that he never looked he tw- for any the Pope of these twisted things. his arm. Like you can't really say no to that. Once a Pope exactly. writes a public letter, it's like. Exactly. And so, and so. And then what Cardinal Vera has told me was really beautiful. He said that the Pope told me, he said, thank you for accepting this responsibility and thank you for, for not desiring it. I thought that was so beautiful. Wow. Like he's, he's never, he's never desired this. He's never looked for it. Um, but it's just not this responsibility that's on his shoulders, right? And of course, some people say, oh, you know, like people want to look important or careerism in the church and you get to wear these nice fancy robes and people like have deference to you. But how long does that really last? I mean, maybe like the first week and afterwards it's like, you need to work hard. You have a big responsibility. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a burden. And so we need to pray for these people. And in 2022, I also think just like the church isn't like, you know, popular and famous and like maybe like it used to be, like it's, almost a target on your back. Like you're going to receive a lot of complaints. You're going to, you're going to be attacked. So we need to pray for our Cardinals too. It's, it's 
yeah, being completely 100% obvious that, hey, I represent all that the church teaches. And again, I'm willing to die, lay down my life for it, for the church and for, for Christ's mystical body, you know? So like all, all that pomp and circumstance that is probably there. I also had a very cool encounter um, with our bishop here in Raleigh. And he was saying um, like the Pope Francis, so one of the beautiful things that he's um, has happened, just like culture of the Vatican. He said, it's very different now. Like a lot of people are just, kind of more down to earth, more friendly, closer. Um, because it's kind of like, that's Pope Francis. Like what he kind of radiates is like, he's pastor of a parish. It's just that that parish is the whole world. But like, just like a parish priest who is like the spiritual father and brings people close and is close to his parishioners. Um, that's sort of like been transmitted and um, injected into like the life of the Vatican. Uh, and I thought that was so cool that, so like it's yeah these are men that want to be close to their flock and it's not again it's not about like the uh, yeah the perks that come with it it's a, it's the mission that you're engaging upon that you're committing to anyways that's so exciting uh, that we have our first legionary cardinal um and yeah um yeah we've got to pray for him pray for all of our new cardinals how many new cardinals were there made 20 20, okay. All. Yeah. So we keep them in our prayers for sure. Oh, that's so exciting, Belanger. Love it. That's Love right. It. So lately, Brother Luke, this thought has been going through my mind. Ain't no, never no, no dumb questions. Ain't no, never no, no dumb questions. So Woo! just hit that high note to get our blood flowing. So our episode today is called No Dumb Questions? Question mark. Because you always hear that, like, there's no dumb question. The dumb, only dumb question is a question you don't ask and, like, different forms of that, <laughs> of those wise, sage phrases. And, um, but is there really no dumb question, Brother Andrew? Well, I thought that there was a dumb question not too long ago. So this month, I've been almost exclusively praying with one passage from the gospel. Sometimes I come across a passage in my prayer that just really speaks to me and I just like stay there for for several weeks so I've been with this passage for three weeks I think I'm already done I think I need I think I've already milked all of the the udders enough and so I'm going to go on to a new one but there was this passage from the gospel of Matthew (laughs) gospel of Matthew (laughs) chapter 14 where Jesus walks on the water right it's a famous passage we all know about it right um Jesus walks starts walking on the water the disciples are sort of being tossed about by the waves and the winds. They think he's he's a ghost. And he's like, don't be afraid, it's me. And then Peter's like, okay, if it's you, command me to come to the water. And the next line is the one that's been hitting me. Jesus said, come. And Peter began to walk on the water towards Jesus. So I'll come back to that phrase. That really hit me a lot. But then okay. there's a, But then Jesus says later on, after Peter starts sinking, he says, oh, you have a little faith. Why did you doubt? And you thought that Why was did... dumb. That's a dumb question. I'm sorry, Jesus. You know, like, I know you're my creator, <laughs> but that's a dumb question because it's obvious why he doubted. It's obvious why Peter doubted. The, you're, he's in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. He's on this first century, non-technological, dinky little boat that could just capsize and he's walking on water. He's doing something impossible. And, and it's scary. It's what? 4am in the morning. It's the fourth watch of the night. 
So, like, come on, just put those things together, you know, Lord. I have all the respect, right? You're my creator. Um, but it's a dumb <laughs> question. But then you're like, okay, well, why did Jesus ask that? And why, why would Jesus ask a dumb question? And then I was like, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe it's not a dumb question. Maybe his perspective is totally different from our perspective. Like, what do we see? We see the waves. We see the winds. We, we see the storm. We see the darkness. We see the impossible things that we're not supposed to be able to do. Um, that's our perspective. But what's Jesus' perspective? He's like, I'm the son of God. <laughs> I, I, I'm, the waves and winds recognize my voice and they will do what I say them to tell them to do. <laughs> He's like, I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm, I'm the logos. The whole of the universe was created through my name. That's his perspective. <laughs> so who's so, up now? Yeah. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's what I've been thinking. Like, what I thought was a dumb question was actually just him making me change my perspective. I think a lot of things too, Jesus will say kind of obvious things like, like I've heard this reflection before that like Jesus already knows like what's in people's hearts. So, but sometimes he'll still ask anyways, like, what do you want me to do for you? Or like to a blind man? Well, obviously that I see again, right. Or to a crippled man, like obviously I want to be healed. Like, what do you wish I do? Well, it's obvious. But Jesus still wants us to ask the dumb question, you know? He wants us somehow, for some reason, and that's what we're going to talk about in our, our episode, Jesus deals with us in that way. And so, yeah, but Andrew, yeah, please continue. Like, but yeah, just it's, it's interesting that there are a lot of dumb questions you could say in the Gospels. But, and I feel like we're walking a very fine line, like accusing like the eternal word, eternal logos <laughs> of asking dumb questions. So obviously it's us that need to get on the same page and wavelength as this eternal wisdom, right? And say, okay, well, literally wavelength, wavelength, literally. actually. So, um, and that's what we do here at TGFFF. That's what we've been doing for the last three seasons is asking dumb questions. No, is, is processing and analyzing how is the Lord speaking to us in our life, but also through scripture, through our very famous and world-renowned technique, copyrighted and everything, called the Dunque Hermeneutic. That's right. The Dunque Hermeneutic. So let's continue going deeper and hermeneuticizing your your experience there with Peter walking on the water. So like what else I guess did you what other conclusions or like have you seen? Like how's that spoken to you? Or yeah. did you already milk all the udders for us as well, your listeners? <laughs> <laughs> as no, I mean like as that image is. <laughs> well, well, you could milk a cat. You could, you could squeeze <laughs> the juice out of the. You could squeeze the juice out of a bottle. You could. Almond, even almonds what, produce milk these days. So even almond milk, you know, yeah. you could do any any type of milk, <laughs> even wood milk or something. <laughs> but. Anyways. I think I, there are no dumb questions because, and I think some people, and this is kind of funny because I sometimes people uh, approach me either in person or online and they, they kind of like hesitatingly and they want to ask a question. And, and of course my reaction is like, I could answer any question you, you would, that I, I mean, I, I don't know if I could answer, I could try to help you in any way that I can possible. You know, that's my, that's my desire, right. As a, as a, as a shepherd. Right. Um, and so there, there are no questions that should ever bother us. Like yeah. we should ask any question, anything at all. 
of God. Because, well, like you said, he already knows it. <laughs> he already knows it's in our hearts. So the best thing you can do is to bring it out in front of him because it's this exercise of, of both of you recognizing what's there that allows you to go forward together, right? I think, I think that's why Jesus waits. He, he wants to elicit, um, he wants to respect our freedom and he, but he, but he knows that we need to freely offer things to him in order for him to be able to transform it, right? He doesn't, he's not going to do it without our permission, right? And so, but anyways, going back to these, to this question idea, how could there ever be a dumb question um, if our seeking for, for more answers is going to lead us to the ultimate truth, hmm. um, to, to, to being ultimately united to God, right? So whenever we have like, so like, you know, thinking about like, like this, this question that Jesus asked in the gospel, it's like, it really made me think like, maybe that's, that, maybe that's not, that, there's no way that this is a mistake because he's God. There's... He thought of, he thought of this encounter and this encounter is present for me today. And what it's making me think today is, um, anything that Jesus asks or says to me is there for, to push me further somehow, to make me grow, to, to comfort me, to console me, to give me strength, to heal me. So I can never, it doesn't ever make any sense for me to react first and say like, that's a dumb question, you hmm. know, because it's obviously not, but it, but it makes me think like, wait a minute. Why is he asking this? Why is this happening to me? There's, there's got to be something deeper here because I know that he's God. I know that he's, the waves and winds respond to his voice. You know, I know that there's something deeper here. So what is it? What is it? And like, I know well, also, there ain't no, never, no, no dumb questions. Because there ain't no, never, no, no dumb questions. All right, switching it up for y'all out there who might be falling asleep, who might be getting distracted while you're driving. Keep your eyes on the road as you continue listening. And yeah, I was just going to say like, St. Augustine, I think said it, he said a lot of awesome things, but how like sometimes God won't answer our prayers right away, like the way that we expect it because he wants our desire to grow, right? And so if you're asking questions and maybe not receiving answers, doesn't mean they're dumb. But even if you are asking dumb questions, not receiving answers, there's a reason, like that's already an answer from God that I'm, I'm listening and I have something great in store for you. Um, and on top of that, like if you turn it around and you kind of started talking about this, brother Andrew, there's no dumb, Jesus doesn't ask a dumb question because it's as obvious as it is, he has a pedagogy to why he questions those things, even, even if it seems obvious, right? To pull right. something out of us, to pull out this desire, that deep-seated desire that maybe we haven't put words to yet. And sometimes it's important to put words to our desires, uh, to our emotions, to our our emotional state and things, and bring that before God. And so in that sense, there's also no dumb, or is there, theme or conversation topic. There's no dumb dialogue with Jesus as long as you're dialoguing with Jesus. And I think that's something that's kind of weird for people. Because you can think, oh, prayer is our Father who art in heaven. Beautiful prayer, amazing prayer. Jesus wrote it, right? Um, Hail Mary, full of grace. Another amazing prayer. But you don't have to pray those prayers. You also don't have to pray like Saint whoever, Saint Hilarious prayed back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Saint Hillary. uh, Pray. Like you pray as Brother Andrew, right? Like do you ever, do you ever, have you ever felt like, this is kind of dumb, but you just keep going, like in a conversation with God. Brother Andrew, like, has that ever happened to you? I see you looking at stuff on your screen. Are you having technical difficulties? 
Oh man, brother Andrew can't hear. So we're just going to keep going. Do whatever you did before. Like you were working on something. We can always edit this out too, but, um, buying time, what I was getting at. And I was actually, I'm teaching a vocations class at Cardinal Gibbons. And so this is one of the things I wanted to mention on this podcast is that I get the impression, not for my students, but just like from previous experience. So I've been trying to transmit that to students that whatever's on your heart, like whatever might be considered by you or others, like a distraction is actually an opportunity to speak to God, to start a conversation with God that is genuine because it's from your heart. And so I say, like, I'm in class right now, but I just, I'm really hungry and worrying, like thinking about lunch. Like you could talk to God about that. Say, Lord, maybe I should get more out of this class, but all I can think about is my stomach growling. That's a conversation. Let's go with that. Let's run with that. Um, whatever it might be, like whatever you're nervous about or excited about, it doesn't have to be something sacred necessarily to, to create that sacred space so that God can enter in to our hearts. Um, so I would invite you all to throw out that phrase and vocabulary and say, there's nothing dumb, too dumb to bring before God. There ain't no, never know, no dumb question with Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen, brother. I totally right. agree with that. Awesome. So you can hear me now. I was just testing to see if you're back with us. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of beauty and awesomeness in the church and everyone has like brother Andrew, I guess you haven't seen that interview of Shia LaBeouf. This no, I haven't seen it yet. Disney actor yeah, turned Hollywood actor turned Catholic just recently. Uh, it's, it just, it was cool to hear his testimony. so there's an hour over an hour long interview with Bishop Barron on word on fire. If you type in any of those words on YouTube, I can't remember the exact title. You'll find it. But I think it's Bishop Barron interviews Shia LaBeouf or whatever. Um, and, I just loved hearing him speak about the faith and the mass and why, because he did it with his own language. I feel like that's what we need to do. Like if we want to walk and journey with God, stop regurgitating and start a conversation. Like just like a conversation you have with a friend, you're not going to use words that you read in the Dickens novel you had to read for your school book report. Like that's weird. You're going to use common language, colloquial language, inside jokes. Like that's, that is a beautiful point. If you can get to that kind of relationship with God, you're on, you're aiming for that narrow gate to like, to make it to the kingdom of heaven. Like, yeah, I'm done talking for a while. You keep talking. Now you can talk. I, know, I, I, I totally subscribe to everything you say. Hey, subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. And I also think that we need to, look at real life examples of, of people who are going through, you know, these conversion stories. Uh, I think it's so helpful to get, to put faces and concrete images and concrete experiences, right. On these sometimes abstract topics that we talked about, you know, like, like don't dub questions, like, like these, these, these existential questions that we have about life that, that need to be answered. Right. We, we don't have like, like we have this continual push this impulse towards the truth, towards fullness of understanding, fullness of knowledge that has to be satisfied eventually. I mean, we don't have, there's no authentic human desire that is in vain, right? Um, authentic human desires are meant to be fulfilled um, partially in this life and fully in the next, right? Even more than fully in the next. And so I also think that there are some questions. One of, one of the things that when I was in philosophy, that I really enjoyed is I really enjoyed asking simple questions, hmm. right? 
Um, I think I think the some of the simplest questions are really the best. I remember um, I was in a philosophy of the natural world class in in here in philosophy in Rome. And what color was like the a slides? lot of details? Yeah, all these these blue slides with yellow letters. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Luke knows all about these. Traumatized. <laughs> Exactly, traumatized. Because <laughs> it was this professor who, he, it was the only style that he had, and he would put a bunch of text up, and it was hard to read, and some of those was in Latin. Great man, I mean, great priest, great yeah, uh, exactly, but theologian slides. and philosopher, but just like those slides killed me. Yeah. Slides were not a good, good design. So anyways, <laughs> one day I asked this professor, I asked him, why is the universe so big? You know, why is it so big? Okay. You know? Like you just like a lot of us we we talk about like the origin of the universe, um, huh. like where did it all come from? Where is it all going to go? The Big Bang, the, the the big crunch at the end of time. Some people think there's going to be like an opposite Big Bang. Everything comes together. Um, but, but Andrew, I'm going to stop you there and just say point out that is a dumb question. That is not a dumb question. Well, why why, why don't you explain? <laughs> it's a why dumb question. Me, why don't you give me your polished answer that satisfies my intellect? That's the thing. There is no polished answer. There is no answer to that question. Well, scientifically, scientifically. Right. Well, scientifically, you can say that it's big because it's it's constantly expanding, right? We know that the universe is expanding, right? Um, But why? That's the question, right? Like, why? Right. So people say that because of the the Big Bang, right? A lot of people say that. But my question was, like, it's just so big. Like, why does it need to be so big? Like, and, like... Like if God created God created the universe, why is it so big? Why yeah, like there like almost small? has to be other like other living creatures, right? If it's so big, like how can we be the only living like intelligent creatures, right? In the whole universe. That's another question, right? You know, but the, the answer he gave me, the, as as a priest, he gave it to me. He didn't give it to me as a hmm. as a like a scientist. He said, um, "Well, you know, as a priest, I think it's so big because God just wants us to see." how majestic he is and how, how beautiful and ordered he is and, and how all of this is, is for us, right? La grandezza di Dio. La grandezza di Dio. Exactly. The greatness of God, right? God's majesty and greatness. So, wow. so there are no dumb questions and there are, and also simple questions are often the ones most worth answering. There's, um, one of our patrons, like our patron, Bishop Barron, <laughs> I think he needs to like pay us or something. <laughs> well, like we're, it's in the works now that now that we're stateside, like I'm working on, yeah, like building that relationship, continuing to build that relationship, let's say. Like, exactly. Yeah. Continuing. And then we'll eventually, we'll eventually um, merge with Word on Fire. <laughs> yeah. We're not sure who's going to be like, who's going to buy who, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a toss up, but yeah. Um, so, but one of the, one of the cool, if anybody wants to go down, like these questions, uh, theme, go and look up, uh, Q&A with Bishop Barron, with kids. Um, they, the kids ask the best questions. Huh. I they ask the best questions. They ask really simple ones. And they're always the most theologically profound ones. Because who cares, like, if, I don't know, like, in the moment of, Mary's conception, like five minutes before, like there was like a, the Holy Spirit came down and it was like this specific way that it proceeded from the father and the womb of St. Anne. And then like <laughs> this, and, you know, like 
that's not that the important thing is that she's conceived without sin, right? Yeah. And like how to how to philosophically explain how like Jesus, who is God and who like know already knows everything, grew in knowledge. Like those are interesting questions, but like it is an interesting question. But I'm just saying, like sometimes you, in theology we got into these like very nitty gritty, like comparing the different ways of explaining how that's possible and like anyways, yeah. There's a lot of that happening in theology. But yeah, exactly. The point is, is that we have a we have a questioning mind, an inquisitive mind, and so we can't ever think that anything that we ask is offensive, or anything like like even like like the way you feel, like you feel angry, you feel frustrated, or you don't like something that the church teaches. You don't like the demands that the church makes on you in sexuality, in contraception, in homosexuality. You don't like the demands that the church makes on the death penalty or the demanding nature of the church of the church's uh, preferential treatment of the poor and that and how demanding that should be on, on those who are who are blessed with material wealth right um there really should never be an area in our lives where we feel like totally at comfort and peace right because christ christ demands a lot of us mm. um i mean we should be at peace because he's 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 with us and he loves us and we love him right but it's also, he's always constantly challenging us. Yes. And, and whenever we feel challenged that way, whenever we don't understand, we should always bring that question to either somebody who knows more than I do, or at least to prayer, you know? Because there ain't no, never, no, no dumb questions. Ain't no, never, no, no dumb questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this has been hopefully like helpful for all of you listening to like think that I can talk to God about anything. Not only can you, like that's what exactly what he wants to talk about. Like what is, what is on your heart and start with those simple questions. Cause that's, that should be the foundation of all. Like even what I was saying before, like the theological questions are all important and all interesting and all good, but don't lose track of those simple truths of our faith, right? That just God loves you like that. That is enough to keep you searching and seeking God for your, all the days of your life here on this earth. Like, and there are theological questions that as interesting as they are, maybe they're, they're never gonna be as essential as those simple truths. Like you're saying, like with those kids that they'll ask you questions, um, you can bring wherever you are, whatever stage of life that you are, whatever walk of life that you are. And then also maybe like thinking just apostolically, like ap- applying this to our life, dunque, therefore, you know, how does this no dumb questions episode relate to my dealings with other people. Like I want to bring other people to the faith. Don't start way up here. If the person's here, right? It's always meeting people where they're at. And that's what God does for us. And so obviously that same way that he deals with us and relates to us should be the way that we deal with other people. Um, never, never thinking we're better without, I know more like I have my degree from the Regina Postulorum Pontifical University. So please step aside. Like um, all of that is, so I can serve you better, whoever you are, child of God. Yeah. And Father, let me interrupt you here because you made a really good point. I did? You, yeah. I'm surprised, but me it actually... <laughs> <laughs> you said... So folks, this is really important that Father said. So like the way that God relates to us and acts to us is the, is the way that we should relate to others and act with other people. Um, there's a really beautiful... Um, point that Pope Francis repeats a lot over and over and over again. He always talks about God's closeness, God's tenderness, and God's mercy. Like these are sort of three words that he repeats over and over again. And he calls it, 
In Italian, lo stile di Dio. Eh, God's style. Bella. God's style. And so, like, the way that he acts with us should be the same way that we act. It's like a pattern for us. Yeah. And so, just like just like he's he's merciful with us, compassionate, tender, he's close, that's how we should be with other people. And so, when people have questions um, and they see us sort of as maybe being able to answer that, or even, even if they're not interested in asking questions, but maybe there's a way that we can get them to ask questions. Maybe we can ask the question, right? Um, we, we need to, we need to, we need to go out into the deep. We need to walk on these waters, right? And circling back to this phrase that I, that I said I was going to come back to, it's, it's from Matthew 14. I think it's verse 29. Hmm. I, I was just struck how when Jesus says, come, and Peter began to walk on the water towards Jesus, like Peter starts to do something that's impossible. He can't walk on the water. You can't do that. That's against the physical laws of the universe. You can't. It's impossible. It can't, it can't even be an option on the table. But he does it because, well, one, Jesus commands him to. <laughs> and two, where's he walking to? He's walking to Jesus. His eyes are on Jesus. He's keeping his eyes on Jesus. And everybody knows, of course, he takes his eyes off Jesus. He starts to sink. We all know that. But in positive terms, you keep your eyes on Jesus, then you can, then you can do anything. You, you don't have to be complex and difficult and, and, get into these mental games. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know what my relative is going to say. I don't know if I have the strength, my talents. Oof, you know, look at Jesus. Take steps one day at a time. You can do the impossible. Yes. That should be this, this fire that gives, that gives us strength, right? And I think the people that have suffered the most in their lives, like, but they've suffered with God and with faith, it's amazing how they begin to see how God, like nothing is impossible for God, but really like, literally in my life and like i'm always so impressed by when you speak to those people you hear those testimonies of of people that have suffered um i just met a deacon of our diocese the other day and with a big smile like it came up in a conversation and he's like you know what god is so good to me and i know like maybe not everyone would agree with that because this happened this happened this happened like he's lost loved ones he's had like all these crazy sicknesses all these things but like literally a huge genuine smile on his face from the moment it's actually before mass all the way during mass aftermath greeting the people as they're leaving the church like you can just tell this guy is just like a bundle of joy and it's not because it's all butterflies and paella as we said in our last season right like, <laughs> like life is gonna hand us difficult things but like there's gonna be big waves and wind that can knock us off course keep your eyes fixed on christ continue walking you can walk you can walk on water amen amen, amen. amen. Well, I think that wraps up today's episode. So, folks, there ain't ain't no never no no dumb questions. Ain't no never no no dumb question at TGIF. And remember, folks, we do not ever never ain't no never just do we dunque. God bless. What was that? What was that? TGIFM. What was that? Two brothers in row. What was that? What was that? TGIFM. What was that? It's a double F, not a singular F. TGIFF Instagram is TGIFF.podsquad. Facebook, Instagram, Internet. All over. <laughs> <laughs>